Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Hey, welcome into the Stink Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth, Mike Evans. Week one is done. I'm kicking your ass. It feels great. Uh, as per usual, I mean, the whole nine yards just feels great. Week one, although there is some uh, there is some pretty tough news. Yeah, you can talk trash to me later in the week when okay. we do our picks for week two. But, uh, yeah, tough news. I mean, this is, this is really tough news as we're starting to talk here. Official confirmation, Aaron Rodgers. Done for the season with a ruptured Achilles tendon. Yeah. Just an absolute gut punch to Aaron, to Jets fans, mm-hmm. to the entire NFL. Yeah, it really is. And the guy had such high hopes for the Jets. I picked them to win their division. Mm-hmm. Um, picked them to go to the Super Bowl, I think. Didn't I? Didn't I pick the Jets? I don't think you had the Jets going to the Super Bowl. No, I think I did. I think I did. But you, you definitely listen, had him winning the division. There's no question that the Jets are a Super Bowl or were a Super Bowl contender. Based upon that defense I watched yeah. in the opening game Monday night, based upon, you know, having Aaron Rodgers there. And, you know, one thing I did here yesterday, and I haven't gone back and watched the coaches tape yet because um, it hasn't downloaded yet, but it'll be here this afternoon. So I'll see the coaches tape. But on the fourth play of the scene, four Freaking plays! It just goes to show you the you know the fragility of of your career of playing. Um, it's just incredible that more guys don't get injured. But what do we always say about the NFL? It's not if, it's when. It, there's a hundred percent chance that you're going to get hurt. I mean, it's just the way NFL football operates. But on the fourth play, and I heard a lot of people complain about all oh, the protection and this, that, and the other. On that particular play, it looked to me like Brown, the left tackle was in an automatic cut situation. We do this sometimes in a three-step quick throw drop where whether it's a bubble screen, and usually the tackle's releasing and it's a trap on a bubble screen, so it's not on a bubble screen, but a quick three-step slant. We want to hit a little now route, a little smoke screen, whatever the case may be, where you go cut. And all you're trying to do, even if you don't get the guy on the ground, which he didn't, if you get his hands down, it's to open up the window so we can make that throw as a quarterback. And it looked to me like an automatic design cut from the offense. That was part of the program. He gets the defensive end. I think it was Shaq. No, no, no. It was uh, Leonard Floyd, I believe. Floyd, he gets the hands down. And yet, you know, Aaron doesn't throw it for whatever reason. I didn't see. I haven't looked at the coach's tape. Was the receiver didn't get open? Did they not run the wrong route? Did he not? Like, whatever it was. Did he feel like there was something behind it that he could get to? Um, 
and what an unfortunate situation for the uh, for the Jets because watching that defense play last night, that's a legit Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. Well, we'll get to what it means for the Jets, but what does it mean for Aaron? Because this is not only means his season is over, but at age 39, age 40, the likelihood that he can come back from this kind of injury. Yeah. Does he even want to try to come back? Yeah, that. I mean, I think, yes. I think the answer is the likelihood, yeah. Aaron's in great shape. You know, he'll rub some ghee butter on it and he'll be fine. No, um, all kidding aside, he's in great shape. He takes really good care of himself. Um, I really do believe he'll bounce back from that. I believe he has to come back. I believe unfinished business. I believe if you want to seat at the big boys table, meaning you want to seat with the big boy quarterbacks, and you got to have more than one championship. You've said it, and I've repeated it because you're my intellectual property, so I can steal anything I want from you. It's not even stealing because I own. He does. I own all the time. I own it. Mm. No, not mm, you. Signed the contract. <laughs> I. You are my intellectual property. Anything you say automatically is mine. I don't adhere to the the. The, the rule of three that normally I adhere by. Well, so at least right now you can give me some credit. So what have you stolen from me? Well, normally here's what I do. If I get it from somebody else, so just so the folks know how to operate this. So like, let's like Mike says something on this podcast that you guys really like odds, not good, but let's just say that Mike says something that you guys really like. The first time, the first time you repeat that, you have to credit Mike. Mike Evans on the Stinking Truth podcast said this, and I really liked it. Bam, then you repeat it. Then you can say, hey, I was listening to the Stinking Truth podcast. Some guy on there said this, and I really liked it. <laughs> some guy. Now I'm and, some guy. And then, and then at the third time, it's just yours. It's yours. Man, I've always believed this. Uh, yeah. So, but Rock you, solid belief. Right. Yeah. You're my intellectual property, right. so I just take whatever I want from you. The dynasty that never was. Yeah. That's the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. One championship with a quarterback who is one of the best all time, might have gone down as the best quarterback ever to do it, had he multi had multiple championships. That's why I don't think there's any question in my mind that Aaron Rodgers does not retire. He comes back. He's back for the Jets next year. But man, dude, all the work, all oh. the all the everything that you have done, and four plays in your history. That's devastating, man. What does it mean for the Jets now? So you've got a really good defense. You're right. Yeah. That defense looked amazing. Do you just ride with Zach Wilson? This is somebody you spent a number two overall pick on. Right. And a lot of times during the summer, we, we heard it, if you were watching Hard Knocks, the idea that he's really learned a lot. Under the tutelage of Aaron right. Rodgers, Rodgers has kind of taken him under his wing, and that Zach Wilson's already improving yeah. under uh, and with Aaron Rodgers. How, so right. can, can you can you throw him out there and feel good about it? I don't. I think you can throw. You know, I think you're you're forced to throw him out like you were last night. Are you going to feel good about it? Probably not. I mean, he made some big time throws. He's a big time athlete. He's got big time arm talent, and you saw him make some throws. You also saw him. Make some throws. You're like, Ooh. like the touchdown to Garrett Wilson. By the way, amazing catch. One of the great catches of the season. You know, that's a back shoulder fade throwing three yards inside on the front shoulder. <laughs> like that. That's not where you're supposed to throw that football. 
Like things like that, to come away with a touchdown on that just goes to show you. The other thing, you think about them in the red zone playing the clock at the end of that game to kick that field goal. Come on, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you're taking a shot. I think Troy Aikman said it, man. If, if you got Aaron Rodgers, you got one-on-one to the outside where you've got Garrett Wilson ready to go and get a release, you're taking that shot trying to score a touchdown, trying to put the stamp on it. Instead, you're playing for three points and you're relying on your defense, which I agree with when Zach Wilson's your quarterback. I totally agree with it. And, and you've got two really good running backs. Brees Hall was amazing. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is a really good back. He's done that for a long time. But bottom line is... You know, you're you're going to be forced. I don't know if you go out and try to get somebody, you know, like who's out there. You ask, you ask uh, Matt Ryan to come out of retirement. You go after Phillip Rivers. Remember, there was a report last year that had the San Francisco 49ers beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship. Phillip Rivers, in all his glory, was going to trot out there for the San Francisco 49ers during the Super Bowl. You're leaving one guy out, the juiciest of all. Yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. It's already, come on, it's out there. People are talking about the idea that we know Tom's in shape. Uh, yeah. it, it's It's been one of the worst kept speculative rumors out there. The idea that, hey, if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles, maybe he goes play over the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Um, is it that well, far-fetched that no. if the Jets were to call Tom Brady, think about it. You, come on, Brady, going into New York, rescuing the Jets. After he went in Tampa and rescued the Buccaneers to a championship? kind of maybe a shot at Bill Belichick? Similar, but similar, like, structure-wise. Similar. Like, think about, think about the way Tampa Bay was built. Unbelievable defense. You know, ability to rush the passer. Linebacking core. How good they are at the linebacking core. Where they were on the back end. The Jets are very similar and you could probably make a compelling argument the Jets are better than Tampa was at that. And then you look at the the weapons. I mean, they got Lazard, they got Garrett Wilson, they've got they've got some players. They got two backs in the backfield that I'd put against, you know, most backs in the National Football League. You tell me they don't have a chance to be a a, a world champion a contender? Do you think they call you damn right. You got to make the call, right? Absolutely. Tom, Tom, Tom couldn't do that. You you go play for the Jets. That's that's Fredo. I mean, that's a Fredo moment right there. You don't you don't come back from that with the Godfather, dude. With Belichick, with, Kra- yeah. with Papa Kraft. I mean, you 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 can't you you burn that bridge. That's forever. That's De Niro in the Untouchables with the baseball bat when he's like, team. Team, what's the deal? Team, everybody goes, team, team. team, team and then he team, just absolutely team. thunder punches that guy over the top. Of the- it's one of the great gruesome scenes, oh, awesome. gruesome scenes of awesome. all time. Good family fun. You got to make the call. You got to make the call. What Do you think Tom would be interested? I don't. I think he's moved on. Dude, if he wants to, if like he could do Jets part-time as well as runway supermodel be like it'd be like zoolander playing for the jets and by the way you you brought up philip rivers it it has already been confirmed by kyle shanahan that had san francisco somehow found a way to win that nfc championship game in philadelphia that philip rivers would have been signed off the couch and would have started for the 49ers in the super bowl 
It would have been the greatest NFL story ever, dude. I'm you so mad. At the, I'm so mad at the Philadelphia Eagles for ruining this. Could you see? Could you see him wandering in there, the stadium, dressed like Woody from Toy Story, <laughs> got a big ten gallon hat on, <laughs> pair of chaps, spurs jingling, ching 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 ching, Andy written on the bottom <laughs> of his boot. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm your savior. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been awesome. great. But no, can, awesome. the, can, the, can the Jets still be a playoff team with Zach Wilson? Yes or no? Yes. With that defense, yes. And that running game, yes. But Zach Wilson's got to get better. You know, I, I just, as bad as you feel for Aaron Rodgers, and, and I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, think about the education you would have gotten if you're Zach Wilson. Think about sitting behind that legend and seeing how he processes the game. Like he once told me in a meeting that I really don't look at the defensive backfield. I look at the front. Because the front, what are they playing? They're playing a 25, they're playing a 57, they're playing even, 4-3, they're playing 3-4, three, 3-4 four, three, four with a reduction, 35, 37. What are they playing? Because in this particular front, if they play this, I know I'm getting cover one or I'm getting cover three or I'm getting cover... Like, like him going through it, it was like watching a beautiful mind. He's just talking to himself. You know, I ask him one question. He's not even answering the question. He's just going through, like, how would I play me if I was playing me? Well, I mean, he can't play me in that front because I'm going to. Suddenly you know, numbers appeared yeah. above his head. <laughs> like, it was, it was fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff, right? But you think about the education you would have gotten if you're Zach Wilson. Hey, there's a reason that, there's a reason that Brett Favre, who was mentored by the Magic Man, right? Macau- what's the guy? Don Mikowski. Yeah. What's his name? Wasn't it Don Mikowski? Yeah, Dom, right? I think it was Don. Don? No, Dom. Is it Dom? D-O-M? Keep chatting. Dom? But anyhow, but he didn't play. He didn't play right away. Remember, he got drafted by he got drafted by Atlanta. He was in Atlanta at first, right under I think Chris Miller, and then got traded because he was a second rounder. Got traded to Green Bay before he got to play, but Aaron's sitting on the bench for three or four years behind Brett Favre. And then, you know, and then Jordan Love coming in and, and Jordan Love looked apart yeah, yesterday. Don. Don? Don. Oh, Don. 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 Okay. Don. The magic man. Yeah. Anyhow, long story short, to have that kind of tutelage, if you're Zach Wilson, to know, like, I'm going to know more about football than I ever knew at any time, and I'm going to get a better understanding of this game playing behind that guy, and now that is gone for you? It sucks. That's tough. It sucks. It, 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 sucks, for the, it sucks for him. It, it sucks for the Jets. It sucks for the it league. It really does. It really does, because this was a great story. Yeah. This is a compelling story. People were were interested. I know I'm, I'm, I'm not a Jets fan, but I was – really curious to see how this thing played out and yeah. anytime you have a really good New York team it's it's great for the for the league it's yeah. great for the NFL one last thing on the okay. on the injury uh, immediately there was some criticism came from uh, one was David Bakhtiari Aaron's good uh-huh. friend from the, the Packer days complaining about the field yeah MetLife Stadium artificial turf and the role that that possibly played in this injury yeah, it just isn't as forgiving. You know, he he got that foot bent, and you can actually see the replay. You can see when it pops. It's nasty. Yeah. You know, the whole calf goes. <laughs> Anyhow, there's a ripple through his leg. But, yeah, the, I mean, the athletes that we put out 
in the NFL, like different than my day, who cares, right? We're, we're, you know, it doesn't matter. But the athletes, the investment you're making in these athletes, to not have them playing on real turf, where who knows, maybe, you know, maybe the release ratio on the shoe on real turf, maybe the turf just digs up faster, there's less resistance, there's less of a grab, and instead of, you know, ripping your Achilles tendon, maybe you just have a little bit of a calf strain. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it may have ripped regardless, but um, as much as we've invested in the National Football League, as much as we've invested in these players, as big as this league is, as much revenue as we create, shame on the NFL for allowing teams to continue to use artificial turf. You played in the days where it was brutal. Some of these places, oh, you could yeah. still see that you could see the concrete yeah. in, in between the seams, and you also played on grass. Does it make that big of a difference? Huge difference. Just what the wear and tear on your legs, the way you feel after a game, um, just the the overall cushion you have when you're on grass. It it makes a gigantic difference. So, yeah, I mean, again, you're paying these quarterbacks. You know, in the case of Deshaun Watson, two hundred forty million completely guaranteed. Everybody else is getting close to one hundred eighty, two hundred million guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. I don't know what uh, <clears throat> whether it was Joe Burrow recently or or um, or Herbert. What's a Bear's name? What's his first name? Justin. Oh, Justin Herbert. Air Bear. Chargers. Chargers going to charge her. Chargers going to charge her. Saw that already in yeah. week one. Yeah. Well, speaking of Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. what would be your message to the fans of the teams that really struggled, like really looked bad in week one? The Bengals. Uh, the Giants, mm. uh, the Bills, more specifically, Josh Allen. What would be your message week one performances? Yeah, I mean, I know in week one they're they're ready to give the coronation to the Cowboys right now, right? Oh, we're going to win the championship. I mean, m- my re- advice would be pump the brakes. Um, every one of us has been in a bad matchup. Every one of us have, has had our ass kicked at one point or another, and... Um, and it's how you respond to that. I mean, we we won a championship in the 1997 season, Super Bowl, as a wild card in Denver. We we played a game in San Francisco late in the season, Mike, late in the season, where we go out to San Francisco and they're retiring Joe Montana's jersey and Jerry Rice is making his comeback from his torn patella tendon and... Huey Lewis in the news, I think, are singing the national anthem. And every actor, every big-time celebrity in Northern California is there. Walk out, and there's Oliver Stone standing right there, eyeballing guys, you know. I mean, he's just standing there. Like, why are you here? And I'll never forget, like, I mean, it's all kinds of rockets and, you know, and, 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 you know, like bottle rockets and, you know, and fireworks. And the whole stadium is smoky. And I turn to one of the guys I play with. I go, I do believe we're getting our ass kicked tonight. Like, (laughs) they're going to kick our ass. And we got our ass kicked that night. And we still won the Super Bowl. So, it, it, I mean, it happens. Sometimes you walk into a buzzsaw and... Ain't a whole lot you can do about it. Um, but it is a reminder, right, that there are plenty of NFL teams out there that look at week one, maybe right. even week two, as simply an extension of the preseason. I, I'll never forget, it was, I think it was a 2000, 
maybe the 2008 season where Peyton Manning had a bursa sack under his knee that he needed to operate it on, and he didn't play in the preseason. And they started the season, I think, I want to say they started the season two and three and ended up going 12 and four. But he didn't play well right off the bat. And they were asking him about it, and he said it would be disrespectful to the game. I remember the quote. It'll be, it would be disrespectful to the game to think that I could take the whole preseason off and come out here and play well. And it's disrespectful to the game. Joe Burrow to not get any snaps and to have the calf injury. Disrespectful to the game to think you're going to come out and just perform. When you haven't played all preseason, I you know that's you haven't practiced. Like I think that's one of the things you got to take away from this weekend. I think the other thing there are, there are things that you're going to have to look at. Like how do we protect Joe Burrow? Like how many how many times have we let this guy get hit over the last two years? We're going to have to be better. Daniel Jones. Hey, maybe he can't just be a straight drop back passer. Maybe we're going to have to use him in that. Remember, his court, his breakout season in the National Football League. Oh, the, the thing that got him the big, giant $140, $160 million contract. What was it? 15 touchdowns passing, seven rushing. I mean, that guy was running more of a collegiate offense, more of the Baltimore Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson than he was running, you know, a Peyton Manning slash Tom Brady slash Aaron Rodgers type offense. So I think sometimes you look for that progression. You look for that growth. You look for all those things. And at some point you realize maybe that's not what's best for us as an offense or a defense. And we got to go back, you know, small up and simple down. But is it so what you're, you're telling me, I guess what the league is telling me is that we would rather sacrifice and be putting ourselves in a position where we may play a real bad opening week game, but if it means not risking anybody in the preseason, we're going to do it. In a league where one game can make all the difference yeah. between yeah. making the playoffs. But, I mean, just look at a year ago. You had teams like the Patriots, the Steelers, um, you know, who else just barely you know missed the playoffs? Washington, right? Um, you know, Detroit. I mm. mean, these are all teams that a game here or there sure. decided whether or not but, you know they what make I, the playoffs. Yeah, you know what I think you've seen, and I I know we saw it here in Denver, and I think we've seen it throughout the league, where everybody was going in that direction, or we're not going to play anybody. Like like it was, it was a. I'll never forget. It's five or six years ago when when. Um, Sean McVay took over the Rams and didn't play anybody in the preseason. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an abject disaster. And they actually played well coming right out of the gate. But the bottom line, I think you've seen you've seen it swing back the other way where teams are managing their players, but everybody is playing in the preseason. They're like, we've got to get reps in the preseason because we've got to start fast. Got to. Who had to you the most impressive performance if we are going to put stock in the first week, who had the most impressive? Was it the 49ers yeah. or the Cowboys? Both, inc- well, both I incredibly. You, I pick one. I know, both incredibly um, impressive. I will go, I will go with. Well, I guess maybe I should go back to even include Thursday, the Lions. Yeah. Well, the Lions scored, you know, the Lions scored 14 points offensively. Okay. And. You know, the Kansas City did that, held them to 14 points offensively without Chris Jones, their number one player, who, by the way, we haven't even talked about it. Just like, that's a huge signing for the Kansas City Chiefs. One year deal. One year deal. 
you want to talk about epic. I think it's the Cats group that represents him, if I'm not mistaken. And they've got Chris Jones, and then they've got a bunch of also-rans, you know, Byron Pringle and some other guys. And you know how important it is? There's, there's three entities. There's the team. I was talking to Wingo about this, Trey Wingo. There's the team. There's the player. And then there's the group or the agency. And what do the agents want? They want the biggest contract in NFL history for their particular player because why? That's a marketing device. It's like Deion Sanders up at CU. You start winning games, you create all this hype, you get a bunch of NIL deals, and guess what? Every kid in the, in the world wants to get in the transfer portal. And for them to just basically acquiesce to a one-year deal and get Chris Jones back in there does not bode well for the agent. And, you know, they wanted to set the tone and set a new record, and they're not getting it. But that's a huge sign in getting him back in the fold because that guy is – he's in the top three. He might be – he might usurp Aaron Donald. That's, that's sacrilege for me to say that. So he won't usurp Aaron Donald in my book as the number one. But some dumb people might give, put him above Aaron Donald, just the dumb people. But, yeah, he's not there. But he's, he's probably number two. Speaking of insulting people, yeah, please. You uh, gave it to the Cowboys a couple weeks ago on this this very podcast. I'm wondering if you're prepared to eat some crow after how dominant the Cowboys looked well, the won, other day. They won a week one game. No, I expect the Cowboys to be a dominant regular season performer. That's what the Cowboys do. They win in the regular season. They win things that don't matter. The preseason. I fully expect them, or excuse me, in the postseason, not the preseason, regular season, I expect them to dominate. They're that talented. They really are. They're that talented. In the postseason, take a dump in their helmets. So all that Cowboy fans should take out of this dominant performance against the Giants is you're just being set up for another epic postseason fail. Yeah, you guys are going to have the greatest, maybe one of the greatest regular seasons in Cowboys history. Right before you spit the bit. In the postseason. By the way, by the way, this is a trend that's worth watching. Look at the NFC East with Philly, with the Cowboys, and with Washington. San Francisco probably started it. Where you're, the, the Washington Commanders kept 11 defensive linemen on their on their 53-man roster. 11. And remember, D linemen don't normally play special teams. 11. The Philadelphia Eagles have a rotation. It is a trend in the league. Keep a ton of defensive linemen and rotate those guys. Keep those dudes fresh. And you look at the Cowboys. They did that. They just absolutely, I mean, that was men amongst boys when you're talking about how they manhandled the Giants up front. Um but it's a big trend throughout the league. Try to get as many really good defensive linemen as possible and rotate those guys, keep them fresh, make the offense, study multiple dudes. That's hard to do. Last thought, how was it to be in Washington? Phenomenal. I actually, you know, I've done probably six, seven Washington games over the, cor- over the course of the last couple of years. Never once have I made a mistake, whether they're the Washington football team or whether they're the commanders. Never once did I call them the Redskins until yesterday or until Sunday. I accidentally went Redskins. I apologize. You know, old habits die hard. But I truly believe it was because of the atmosphere. 
Mike, it was – I compared it to what's going on here in CU, CU Boulder with Deion Sanders. The excitement in this town for CU football. I've lived here 20-some-odd years, 25 years. I've never seen, ever seen anything like this with the excitement for CU Buffs. I mean, it's incredible. And I went back there, and it's like Washington has been a jewel in the crown of the National Football League for, you know, I mean, for a long time. It was for a long time when I got there uh, and cut my teeth in the National Football League. They were one of the the jewel crown, the the crown jewels. Um, And it has been so disheartening, like so legitimately disheartening that you don't feel that. You felt that back as soon as you pulled in the stadium. Everybody tailgate. You you, you got there. I mean, every jersey that you've you know, all from Daryl Green to Billy Kilmer and Sonny Jurgensen. Billy Kilmer and Sonny Jurgensen were there in the owners' box. John Riggins was there. Charles Mann, Champ Bailey, like Clinton Portis, like the the amount of guys I reconnected with. It was it was phenomenal, and the fans were going crazy. John Reagan stands up and, you know, the crowd goes wild. He's on the jumbotron. He's standing up in the owner's box right beside us where we're calling the game. And, you know, he's got a coat on. He looks great. And people are going, Rigo, 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 Rigo. And he just like, I mean, it was like a scene from, remember when you 2 sang at the Super Bowl and Bono after 2011, Bono opens up his jacket. He's got an American flag in there and you just go freaking eat bananas, right? So the Rigo, 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 and he just goes like this. Bam. And he's got the big red skin out, out emblem in there, you know, the logo in there. The, and it was, I mean, the crowd just went bananas. It was, it was, it was awesome, man. It really was. And um, he ran into Magic Johnson too. Ran, in, ran into Magic and talked to Magic for a while, just about, you know, how important it is to bring the fans back into the fold, mm-hmm. to make to connect with the fans again, and that's really what they're doing more than anything else right now is connecting with the fans. We hear you. We know how loyal you've been. We know how bad it's been for the last 20 years. But trust us, this is going to get rectified. And and Magic is such a, just such a, a wonderful man. And, and his magnetism and yeah. his smile, man, yeah. he is just. And I hadn't seen him since we, we worked together at ESPN. So I hadn't seen him. Oh, you know, it was a big reunion. So it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Well, good. And who you got this week? Um. I've got uh, the Giants at Arizona, which looked like a much better game before Sunday night. Mm. And then that happened. Well, they always say, they, that you make your biggest improvement between week one and week two. So who is they? I don't know, but let's hope yeah. they are right. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they are right as well. Anyhow, hey, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, thank you so much uh, for listening and for making us number one. Are we that. number one? No, I just yeah, made that up. Right? I mean, who's going to know? Yeah, who's going to argue? Exactly. I'm number. I'm number one in my book. That's right. And you're number one in my book. And you're number one in mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. We, we appreciate you, idiots. Um, hey, we'll be back with you later in the week uh, to discuss me absolutely pulling a Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> um, the sisters on Andy Dufresne just ass whooping on Mike when it comes to the moneymaker picks. So look forward to that. Uh, For everybody involved, thank you so much, and we'll be back with you later on this week.